Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at the top 10 questions and top 10 mistakes for real estate turnkey buyers. My guest in this episode is Graham Parham. Graham is an investor and has been a mortgage loan officer for almost two decades, specifically helping real estate turnkey investors uh, with mortgages for investment properties. In this episode, he's going to share the top 10 questions and top 10 mistakes real estate turnkey buyers make. We have switched our publishing schedule at Cashflow Ninja. The Cashflow Ninja show will be published on Mondays and Fridays in 2020. On Wednesdays, we are publishing Cashflow Investing Secrets. It's a shorter show, 10 minutes or less, where I share one idea, concept, and or lesson. I have learned from interviewing over 550 Cashflow Ninjas and studying successful business owners and entrepreneurs and investors for almost two decades. If you want to catch the Cashflow Investing Secrets show, please go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to this show. It is a separate show on all podcast platforms. We also have an investment group and community for credit investors. If you're interested to join the group, please visit CashflowNinjaInvestorsNetwork.com. That's CashflowNinjaInvestorsNetwork.com. And of course, you could stay informed uh, on everything that's going on within our community at Cashflow Ninja by joining our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in Cashflow Ninja Community and you'll find the group. Graham, welcome to the show. Hey, MC, how are you? Always good when I see you, my friend. Uh, yeah, great, same here, same here. Great to have you back on the show. Uh, it's uh, been long overdue. Uh, you provided a ton of value to our listeners previously. Listeners listening to the show, um, just go to Cashflow Ninja and type in Graham Parham. Um, he was on the show talking about financing and how to finance um, and a lot to do with mortgages on a lot of turnkey real estate properties, specifically single family. Um, but for folks that are not familiar with you and what you do, Graham, if you could give us a little bit of an overview and just uh, share a little bit about your journey and your background. Sure. Um, I am a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac lender. Uh, I've been doing this for roughly 20 years and all I do is work with investors. Uh, somehow I backed into this niche years ago and I've simply loved it. Uh, it uh, working with a lot of smart people, a lot of educated people really it gives me a lot of pleasure to help them grow their portfolios. Uh, so that's all I do is we, we work with, you know, gosh, maybe we close maybe 40, 50 loans a month, all investor and the predominant, you know, all with the uh, turnkey providers. Uh, I, I personally am an investor. I, I decided to stick my toe in the water about 15 years ago. Never looked back. I thought it was great and uh, kept moving forward. So I'm always out there looking for properties the same way most of my clients are. So when you're working with me, you kind of get two hats. One is a loan officer and the other one is an investor. And, you know, I can only give you my opinion as an investor. I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but a lot of people seem to, to like that, especially when you're st first getting going. You know, there's a lot of questions 
And a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm getting started with them, I'll shoot them out a guide and we can talk about it at the end of the show. Kind of, it helps them understand a lot of the Q and A because, you know, talking with investors for close to 20 years, I mean, the newbies have the same questions over and over. So I just decided to go and put it in the guide and off it goes. So that's kind of in a nutshell. Uh, I'm out of Dallas, Texas. I work nationally and uh, enjoy, you know, dealing with people like yourself, MC. The 1% grow their business and investments every year, regardless of the economy and marketplace and pay very little or no taxes legally. Besides having the right mindset, elite strategies and tactics, and the council of elite wealth advisors, coaches and mentors, they have access to opportunities that the rest of the population do not. If you're an accredited investor, we have a network that provides Cashflow Ninja listeners access to exclusive business and investment opportunities. To join our investors network, please apply at CashflowNinjaInvestorsNetwork.com. That's CashflowNinjaInvestorsNetwork.com. Yeah, fantastic. I love the fact that, you know, and this is what I love uh, about the folks that I connect with and that I have on the show is that you are an investor and investing in the same uh, pro- products and vehicles and assets that the, that the folks are that you're, that you're helping out through, through your loan service. Um, so love that. Um, so you bring a different perspective uh, to it and a different flavor. In today's episode, we're going to cover the top questions uh, asked and the top m- mistakes made when it comes to financing and tr- financing turnkey real estate. Um, in the previous episode, it's cashflowninjacom forward slash 175. Graham touched on how to qualify for income property loans. And what we, what we looked into, into that show is Graham shared all the things that you have to have in place when applying uh, for income property loans. And then also for folks um, that have a game plan and looking to scale, um, setting up the first loan uh, with, the, uh, you know, with, with the plan that you're going to do more than one, right? Because there's a different strategy around that too. So I would highly recommend it. Again, cashflowninja.com uh, forward slash 175 and you'll get all that information on the previous episode. In this one, we're going to du- jump into the top questions so I'll fire away with the first one when you're ready. Okay, um, fire away. Can I close in an LLC? So, and again, we're talking about single family turnkey properties um, that, that, you're, that you're financing. So will I be able to go to closing uh, and close in an LLC? Well, if I had a dollar for every time I had this uh, question to ask, I'd probably have a lot of money, but uh, that's probably <laughs> one of the top questions that are asked. And simply because, you know, people are, that are just now getting started buying properties, they're a little bit nervous. You know, they want to make sure they have some type of asset protection in case somebody slips and falls and breaks their neck on the property, so forth. And they are great vehicles. Every one of my properties that I own that are in an LLC, one shape or form. Now, uh, in the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac world, they do not allow us to fund the loan inside of an LLC. Uh, they do have a thing called a do on sale clause, which means if you transfer the titlement of that property post-close to anything other than uh, the individual name or trust, if we put it in that, then the servicer has the right, which is a big word, to call the note due. I personally have been doing this for 
15 years now, I'd say probably all my clients that I work with will do the exact same exercise. But as an investor, I can tell you what I do as a loan officer. I can tell you don't do it. But yet what you do is wait about three or four months, wait for the loan to get settled into the servicer, get a couple of invoices coming to you on your belt, then send your deed of trust as well as your LLC documents over to your attorney or an escrow officer and have them retitle it into your LLC. Now, of course, you don't want to pick up the phone and call the servicer and say, hey, guess what I'm doing today? And of course, the, the people on the other end of the phone, they're going to probably read a script saying, well, I think we may have to call that loan today, MC. And so, you know, that's just, you know, do the smart things, but happens all the time. You can still accomplish your goal, just a little bit of a workaround. And the follow-up to that is, can I close in a trust? You can. Uh, you can do it in a revocable family trust. A lot of folks come to me and say, well, I have a land trust. A lot of times the beneficiaries to land trust or LLCs. So you have to have human beings on the beneficiaries. It has to be a family revocable trust. I highly recommend, I was just talking to somebody today that, you know, he wanted to put it in the trust. We've got him pre-approved, ready to go. And I said, well, send me a copy of that trust because I want to make sure my attorneys bless off on it. I'd say 99% of the time, all most of the revocable trusts that we look at are in accordance to the, what Fannie's structure is to allow that to happen. So yes, the answer is yes, we can do it in a family trust. Can I do multiple loans at once? This is probably another <laughs> frequently <laughs> awesome. Another dollar for every time for that one. And the answer is yes. The way it works is it's it's all income, okay? I'm buying an income property. Let's say I'm buying a $100,000 property. And if you buy right, then your rent's going to be $1,000. We're going to give you 75% of that rent, which comes up to $750. You put a 20% down on a 30-year fixed rate, your principal interest, taxes, and insurance is, is probably going to land somewhere around the 650 area, okay? So I've given you 750. We've offset, offset the debt of 650. Then there's $100 left of positive income. So if you can do one, you can do 10 because the income is, is just continuing to offset each other. Make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, next question. Do I need prior landlord history to apply for a Fannie Mae investment loan? Interesting question. That used to be predominant back, oh gosh, years ago, where they did require two years of uh, landlordship before we gave you credit on the income of the subject property. The exact same scenario that I just described, if there was a lease in place on the subject property that you're buying, if you did not have two years of landlordship, they wouldn't give you that credit. And they're doing it these days. Now, they did just re recently had a change this month that they kind of reverted back to that old policy, but it's not that bad. They, Fannie Mae would prefer that you have some type of mortgage payment history, whether it be on an investment property, whether it be on uh, your primary residence, whatever, which means that if you do, we'll give you that hundred bucks. If you don't, we're going to offset the 650, but keep the hundred dollars, not give you that. So it's not that big a deal. So the answer is no, you don't have to be a landlord. My friend Brian Page has created a cash flow machine generating over $100,000 in six months without owning any real estate. His system consists out of renting properties from property owners and renting them out on Airbnb. His system is so simplistic, it can be managed by virtual assistants and yet so effective and powerful that it predictably generates 
generates cash flow every month. Brian and I are hosting a webinar where he shares his system and how it generated over $100,000 in six months for him personally. You can access this life-changing webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. This is one of the greatest cash flow opportunities I've seen since I've started my podcast. Again, the URL is cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. And can everything be completed online? Absolutely. I'd like to say that I I, uh, face-to-face all my clients, but 99.1% of them are all fax, phone, and mail. Uh, The way the process works is, you know, we'll do the online application. We'll, you know, call you back, make sure it's correct, get you to upload on a very safe portal that we'll create specifically for you all the documents once we have those, and we go through the underwriting and processing uh, departments, and they approve it. And then once we get the title work and the appraisal in, then we go for clear to close again. Then we send the documents over to a title company. And then we make arrangements with the title company or an escrow company to set up a mobile notary to come to your place of business or your home after hours, weekends, whatever's good to you. The mobile notary will bring those documents to you. You'll sign in front of them. They'll notarize it and take the documents back with them, and they'll overnight it back to the title company. The only thing you need to do is to get with the title company and wire the funds over there for the down payment closing costs. So, yeah, you can do a whole complete transaction in your underwear. Great. It's amazing what can be done these days uh, in the world I know. That we live in. Um, what is the minimum down payment, and do I get a better rate with a greater down payment percentage? Good question. Uh, Fannie Mae does offer a 15% down, but the rate is higher. There's PMI involved. When you look at it on paper, I highly recommend not doing that. So your standard minimum down would be 20%. A lot of lenders will stop you at like four, and then after that, they make you go 25 up to 10. Uh, we'll go 20 all the way up to 10, to, um, to 10 loans. But there is a price break from 20 to 25%. And I highly recommend that you entertain both. And, and the way I tell most of my clients is that, you know, it's all math, okay? Don't get, you know, too hooked up on the rate. Mm-hmm. It's important. They dictate the dollars and cents. But if you're trying to grow your portfolio and only thing you care about is rate, but you're still trying to grow your portfolio, you might want to hold back that extra 5% and take it to the next property versus trying to get a great rate on that first one. Now, if you have a whole surplus of cash, it's not a big deal. But sometimes a lot of these guys that are, are newbies, they're, they're trying to be prudent on their dollars from one to the next. So it really is to each his own. And I'll, I'll, I'll visit with every client in regards to what's best for them. Great. Uh, can I lump multiple properties into one loan? No, they all have individual plots, individual tax parcels and Fannie Mae doesn't allow that. That's called wrap loans, which they used to do back in the day. Some commercial lenders still do that these days, but I mean, their minimum loan amounts are like half a million or or greater. Uh, and their terms aren't as great. Okay. How does the closing process uh, work if I'm buying a property from out of state? Uh, very similar to what I described. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, everything's done via fax, phone, and mail. We'll get the notary to come to your house uh, and take care of the final closing docs. Uh, there, there, there's no original signatures required. There are some wet signatures that are required, but we can still, you can send them through the fax or, or you know, PDF. 
but the original signatures will be at the closing table and that's when they become notarized by the notary. But uh, really it's a very simple process. Once you do one, it's easy after that. Why do you need so much of my personal information and documentation? You probably heard that a couple of times. Oh, we just like to know everything about you. Just make sure you're not (laughs) not doing anything bad. Um, (laughs) It's interesting the things that we do discover that people think that they can hide. And all I can Mm -hmm. say is when you're working with me, you and I are going to write a book. Okay. And I'm going to take all your chapters you're going to give me. And I'm going to say, okay, I like these chapters, these chapters. And then I'm going to say, these are the ones I'm going to use. And then we're going to submit that book to the underwriter. He's going to read that book. If it becomes an easy read, he's going to go, I like the book. I'm going to sign off on it. Okay. So a lot of people think they can hide things. Well, it's not just the credit report. We have other reports that we pull that we can detect things that you're not being forthright with us. All I can say is you be forthright as much as you can with me. I'll keep you out of harm's way and I will get you that loan, but please don't try to cover up anything. Yep. It's the same question if, you know, if, if somebody needs a medical, basically, if they get life insurance, right? Which there's still, there's still some cases when it doesn't apply with the new technology because they know so much about us. But in most cases, they need all the information and you need all the information to position the, the well, clients accordingly. It comes down to three categories. We, we t- well, obviously, your credit. We mm-hmm. want to see how much money you make and we'll see how much money you have. Okay. Yep. And a lot of times people are you know, juggling their monies around, you know, sometimes that can make it confusing. Sometimes on self-employment, you know, they may whittle those taxes down to the nub and yep. we, t- we take the net net. So, you know, that's why we get as much information as possible to make it work. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. How long is my pre-approval valid for? Good question. It's really indefinitely. If you do not change anything as far as those categories that we just I just mentioned, as long as you don't change a job, as long as you don't uh, you know de- deplete your assets, uh, bang your credit up, uh, it's it's good for indefinitely. Now the credit itself is good for 120 days. We pull it once. We do not pull it again unless, of course, after 120 days, you have a contract and you're trying to pull up, buy a property, then we do have to pull it again. But the great thing about working with us, we're not like a broker where we send things across town or out of state where other people are constantly pulling your credit. We pull it once. If, Like you mentioned a minute ago about the multiple transactions at once. If you want to buy five properties within 120 days, I still only pull it once. Yep. Okay. Is there a prepayment penalty? No. Those things went away back uh, in the Dodd-Frank when they created the Dodd-Frank Act back in 210. There are some in the commercial world that still exist, but they're not governed by the Dodd-Frank. I know some uh, some non-recourse or portfolio lenders are starting to come into the market more and more. We refer to them as non-QM loans, which means non-qualifying mortgages. Qualifying mortgages are basically those ones that are delivered to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So in the non-QM world, you may see some interest only, like you haven't seen before, as well as some prepayment penalties. But I don't like prepayment penalties. I mean, it's, I don't like balloons. They just explode. You know, I just, I just don't sell them. MC Lobsheer, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. 
Com. All you need is a needle to pop them and then explode, right? <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's change some gears here and move into the top mistakes that people are making. So I'll share one and, and uh, let me know your, your feedback on it and uh, some of your comments. So the first top mistake, bar- borrower selling a property with a 1031 exchange and not having it titled in their individual names. And maybe if you just want to briefly touch on what a 1031 exchange is, just kind of high level for, for, for new listeners and folks just starting their journey and uh, share some of your comments. Well, let's say a couple that had a property they lived in one time and then they decided to move into another property. They say, okay, well, let's just keep the old property and rent it out. Okay. Then after a period of time, they say, okay, maybe this house is not giving as much income as it probably should, where if we went to other very strong turnkey markets, we can do better. So the, uh, the, the government set up a thing called a 1031 tax deferred exchange which means you can avoid the gains on the appreciation of that property if you transfer it through the 1031 uh, uh, process, which is pretty simple. Now, the, 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 the way it reads is there's a key term called like as, okay, which means it has to be income property to income property. And it could be all kinds of different things. It could be a gas station to a single family, okay, mm-hmm. as long as income to income. But one of the keys is the titlement of the property when you sell it, how is it titled? Well, we talked about the LLC process a moment ago where I cannot fund the loan in an LLC. And a lot of people may already have an asset protection on that uh, that house and not even think about the fact that they need to take it out of that and put it in their individual names. So when they come to me, I can provide them with a loan that's going to be in their individual names because the exchange company is probably going to say, you didn't go like ass because it went from LLC to an individual. No, you have to go LLC to LLC. Mm. Okay. And that's one of the mistakes that's commonly made. So anybody says they're doing a 1031 exchange. That's the very first question I ask, how is it titled? And I encourage them to take it out and they typically will. Now, of course, if you, uh, an accountant or accountants were sitting here, you're going to get them all kinds of wound up about this type of topic. And I've seen them, you know, have all kinds of different answers about why you should or shouldn't do it. It happens all the time. I personally do it all the time. I have not seen any kind of negativity when it comes to impacting my tax returns. Borrower waiting too long to identify properties for the 1031 exchange. If you're working with the right people, uh, the right kind of turnkey uh, people that MC represents and the ones I work with, the great thing about working with with, uh, a turnkey uh, model versus going out onto the open market, the MLS market that we refer to it as, is if you're out there among people that are bidding on that same property on the MLS market. You may or may not get it, okay? You, sometimes it may take a week or two before, before you know if you have that property. Those are the biggest challenges that you work with because you have to identify so many properties in 45 days. There's no, there's no leeway. In 45 days, it's a strong cutoff, okay? So working with a turnkey provider is great because they have the available inventory, they have a finished product. They're selling it for this. Do you want to buy it? And the answer is yes. So if you start talking to the turnkey providers 
early in the game, even before you sell a home, a lot of times they'll put you at the top of the list. They'll give you priority over, I shouldn't say this because a lot of people do it, priority over a lot of other customers because it is important that you do identify. The great thing about working with the turnkeys is a lot of times they may have a couple of houses coming down the pike here that they know they're going to buy. They haven't even started the rehab on it. But as long as you identify that 45 days, you have 180 to close. So it all works out. That's the most difficult part of the exchange is identification. Once you get that taken care of, trust me, the rest is easy. Great, 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 great. Now, a borrower quitting um, his or her job after starting the loan process and not giving the loan officer a heads up. It's amazing how many times that's happened. It really is. Uh, some of the smartest people can make the dumbest mistakes. Uh, I had a lady that was working for a, a, a big internet company, was moving from the East Coast to the West Coast, knowing that, that she was going to eventually retire. And when she moved to the West Coast, she was still working for that same company. And then midway through the process, she goes, well, I, I think I can retire. I'm fine. I got my, my pre-approval over here for the loan and so forth. But what we do is the day that we close, one of our staff members will call the company. Is Jane still working there? Yes, Jane is. Thank you. Have a nice day. No, Jane left two weeks ago. Jane, guess what? I can't give you a loan because you don't have an income now. It happens more than you know. Don't go buy out, go out and quit your job. Don't go buy a yacht. Don't go buy a co-sign another uh, property. If you do anything that's going to disrupt the whole scenario, call me beforehand. Because a lot of times I'll say, yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, your income is fine. You know, go buy another car for your daughter or whatever the case may be. Some people don't have that luxury. Right. Absolutely. Uh, another top mistake, borrowing, uh, borrower rather, opening up new debt after starting the loan process and not giving a loan officer a heads up. You just, you just touched on that. Yeah. And a lot of people like they'll... Um, I'm going to go open up a Home Depot account because I'm going to put all these appliances in my new home that I'm buying or, you know, my lease is running out of my car. I need to go ahead and buy another one. Once again, if anything you think is going to disrupt the equation that we've already approved, call me first. Because, I mean, like I say, the smartest people make the dumbest mistakes. They really do. Here's another one. Borrower signing multiple contracts without consulting with loan officer first. Now, I do see this happen all the time, and I don't think it's anything malicious. Uh, a lot of times if they're working with, say, like a provider, and they have like a 1031, let's say they don't take the 1031, let's say they have a bunch of money, mm-hmm. and they want to buy five properties, and two of them, they want to pay cash, and the other three, they want to finance, and that's fine. But I still have to account for any liabilities associated to any properties that you would own. Let's say you close out the two cash properties first. You own them. And here I am coming back to close the the three that are financed. And you never tell me about those three over here. Well, guess what? I have to take into account any income associated to that property and any liabilities associated to that property, HOA dues, taxes, insurances. And that could that could make the, the, the deal go sideways as well. That's all about a part about being forthright of everything you do. Okay? So don't, I mean, don't... Think it through. Be proactive when you go to think everything through. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint 
followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. And another mistake that uh, folks might make is plan an out-of-country vacation in the middle of a loan process. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I was, I've been actually guilty of that one myself. Uh, <laughs> you thought that the loan was going to close within a certain time period, or you just didn't even think about the fact, oh, yeah, that's right. We got to run up like next week. I'm running to Cabo. Okay. And I may be in the middle of a, of a transaction right now, and the lender may need some information. You know, so don't try, you know, once again, Think it through, be proactive, let the, the, uh, the lender know. We can certainly work around it. Now, we work with people all over the world. It's not a big deal. I mean, you were talking about, uh, can I do this in my underwear sitting at my desk? Well, you can. You can even do it in Japan, okay? Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to signing, you will have to go to a consulate or an embassy for, you know, to get it signed. But, you know, just think everything through beforehand. Borrower uh, does not get pre-approved prior to signing a contract. One of the biggest mistakes. And I think if you're working with any credible uh, uh, turnkey provider or an investment uh, seller, they're going to want that information up front because they've been stung way too many times. People just assume that, oh, I can get a loan. I got a loan for my house over here. I got a loan for my car over here. Getting this investment property is not going to be a big deal. Visions of grandeur sometimes comes back to haunt you. I mean, you just want to be, you want to have that peace of mind. The seller wants to have that peace of mind. And, you know, years ago, people would crank out these little flimsy pieces of paper and they wouldn't ever validate the the, the categories that we talked about early, especially on the earnings and assets, like on a self-employed person. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I make $20,000 a month. Well, when I get your taxes, you don't make anything, Okay. So we do get all that information up front. Borrower buying multiple properties at once with different lenders and does not disclose. Very similar to the equation we had a second ago with, you know, buying two in cash and three lending. You want to be forthright with me about everything. And if you feel like this lender in this particular market or out of state and I don't cover it, whatever the case may be, that's fine as long as you provide me with the information that's going to dictate their payment, the taxes, insurance, everything about that property once it does close, because I have to account for it inside of my application. Because I, I mean, when we sell these things out into the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac community, and they do their due diligence, whoever's purchasing these loans, and they come back and say, well, you didn't account for these other two properties. Well, I didn't know. Guess what? They send them back to me. And we talked about the, uh, earlier about detecting these things early on that you may not think I can detect them only because I pulled your credit. I'll usually find out. So just be forthright with me about it. Borrower does not disclose free and clear properties. Uh, same thing. A lot of times like on land or uh, I have this house over here that my mom and dad live in. I didn't think that was anything because I'm not putting on the taxes. Well, that's fine because I just got through pulling this report saying that you own that property. I had to count those taxes and insurances against you. So once again, that's part of being forthright. Right. And I think that's the final one to the big one too, is not being upfront about everything as it relates to their loan and their particular situation. Correct. Uh, yeah. Which you've covered on just 
tell just you in in able in order for you to help someone, you need to get the full picture of yep. of of what um, of their situation for you to be able to help them and serve them best, right? Yeah, help me help you. That's all it's about. <laughs> help me. <laughs> Help you. Let Graham help <laughs> help you. Um, Graham, and, and there's so many things going on. You're a learner too. What are some of the uh, uh, things that you're studying and learning right now? Some of the things that I'm studying. Uh, I'm actually studying more about the, um, the LLCs and uh, how, how that relates to my taxes. Because, you know, people may set up their LLCs they think they're done. Well, they really aren't because you've set up a corporation. You have to run it like a corporation. You know, you have to have basically quarterly meetings. You have to set up minutes. You have to do a lot of things. And I learned this just recently, actually, when, when I was with you. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that gentleman was talking about it. That was, uh, you know, because I was setting my LLCs up and I'm gone. You know, I'm good. I don't have to do anything for years. Well, actually, if you ever get audited, you know, the, the IRS may come back and go, hey, what's going on here? Tell me what's going on with this corporation. It's just very prudent that you, you know, do the correct things. And that's one of the things I'm studying to, to be more proactive in that category this year. You know, so I, you know, make sure I'm keep my nose clean, so to speak. It's not that I'm doing anything wrong. I just want to do everything right. Yes, you and me both. We both had a yeah. wake-up call there. And I was like, man, I've got to look at my stuff and just make sure that everything is in order. And for our listeners, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this, is, this is a golden nugget here because it's something that both Graham and I learned at the, at the event that we were at. Just make sure that you do all the things that you're supposed to do when you have these LLCs. And it's right. not that someone's trying to not do stuff but there's so many little things that you might not even be aware of, right? It's that blind spot we have. So yeah. find, find a professional to, to help you with that blind spot um, and that has the knowledge base to be able to support you in the correct manner in an area that you might not have the, no the necessary knowledge, right? Right, right. So absolutely. All right. So where can folks learn more about you? Where can they follow you? And where can they stay informed of all the projects that you're involved with? Um, I have several websites, but they're all the same, uh, depending <laughs> on which state you're in. Um, your best bet is to call my toll-free number, and that is at 855-326-6802. Uh, you can reach me after hours on the weekends. That goes right to myself. I'm out of the office. Uh, and I am a 24 seven guy. If you have, if I'm available, I'll certainly take your call. If not, please do leave a message and I will call you back. Um, my email address is G is in George. My last name, P A R H A M. That's G P A R H A M at highlandsmortgage.com. Either way, I'm very responsive. A lot of times when it comes to my cell phone, you want to text me, <laughs> I may lay it down in the kitchen, may not get to it till the next day. So always call me or hit me with an email. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for connecting again, my friend. It was great to see you. MC, um, great, great, great to connect uh, again. And uh, thank you so much for providing so much value for my listeners. It's Anytime, always a blast. Man. Have a great holiday. You as well. Bye-bye. All right. Take care.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.